today in the Globe and Mail, there was an article which focused on China's foreign influence campaign here in Canada. The article, article talked about uh, Chinese billionaire Zhang Bin, who had pledged a million dollars to the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation and the University of Montreal's law school. Now, the billionaire um, wanted a statue erected of Trudeau Sr. and Mao Zedong together. Mr. Zhang is believed to be quite close to China's Communist Party. And according to an article yesterday in The Globe, a Chinese diplomat instructed Mr. Zhang to donate a million dollars to the Trudeau Foundation and told him the Chinese government would reimburse him for the entire amount. Now, many watchers are saying it was an early signal that uh, China was already targeting Justin Trudeau, our present prime minister, uh, uh, in regards to their uh, foreign influence campaign. Now, this incident, uh, this conversation is led to have occurred as early as 2013. Joining me now to talk a little bit about um, China's uh, influence campaign and the entire relationship between China and Canada is Nathan Vanderclip. He's an international correspondent with the Globe and Mail. He's also former Beijing bureau chief for the Globe as well. Nathan, good to see you. Great to be here. Uh, what, in your mind, what would you make of this incident in regards to the Pierre Trudeau Foundation and the broader context of this conversation about foreign influence peddling? We've known about this donation, this specific donation, for a number of years. It was made public at the time. There were questions that were raised because some of the people that were involved in making the donations had also been involved in some of these dinners with uh, Justin Trudeau that uh, had sort of raised a lot of allegations of, of sort of pay-for-access dinners, and and there had been a number of questions around that. But, but I think we know a lot more now in the past week, uh, thanks mostly to the work of my colleagues in Ottawa, uh, Stephen Chasen and Robert Fife, uh, who have reported on really some extraordinary findings by Canada's security services, which have uh, documented uh, attempts to influence uh, Canadian politics uh, by the Chinese governments and Chinese diplomats in, in a number of different ways, one of which was this. I wrote about it in part because I had heard that the this money that was meant to go to this uh, to the University of Montreal and build a statue of of, of Trudeau, as you said, uh, the founders uh, the the donors had initially said that they also wanted a statue of Mao Zedong, which which was quite a striking request, <laughs> and it was turned down by the university. But the fact that he, the request would be made at all, I think, was a bit revealing of the people behind it. But I think what we're finding out now, thanks again to the reporting done by my colleagues, is is that this has gone far beyond that into uh, can, uh, sort of concerted efforts to change the way elections and electoral discussions are taking place in Canada by marshalling um, sort of elements of the community mm -hmm. that are willing to sort of do things on Beijing's behalf. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you say to those who would say, look, I remember years ago uh, when I was based in India, I interviewed the former head of India's foreign spy agency, and it was just, a, we would talk after he had left his position, but he said, you always reminded me that all countries spy, and there's always going to be a desire to extract information, have influence on countries, that our country is mature enough to actually deal with some of these uh, attempts to manipulate our election, at the very least, um, you know, curry favor over certain immigrant communities, that we're, we're stronger than that. What do you say to that? Well, I think that's been the argument from Ottawa, that what we have seen is, yes, that perhaps there has been some attempts to, to influence, but in fact, that it's not been enough to change the outcome of the election. But I think that needs to be set against what the outcome of that election was, and it wasn't a tight election. And so when you are talking about influence campaigns that may have shaped the outcome of multiple seats in parliament, I think you need to really ask yourself, is, has this gone beyond 
pressure and into something that is that is changing the the degree to which Canadians can have faith in their electoral process. I think what you've seen out of the Liberal government so far, out of Ottawa so far, is a desire to say, no, 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 listen, we, sh- we should not question our elections. It, the outcome was what the outcome was. This, Even if you accept some of the allegations from the Conservative Party, the Liberals would still be in the majority. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody's putting that into question. But I think if, if, if people start to wonder, well, were all of the people who were elected, were they all elected through the ways that we would expect them to be elected? I think that starts to raise questions in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I think you raise a very good point. Even if uh, the security apparatus in this country did warn the liberals and the conservatives of, of what is occurring, uh, did warn them about a specific member of parliament, in this case, Hendong, uh, there's a part of me when I listen to that, I go, well, what was the reasoning, what was the political reasoning for them to still keep uh, Hendong as a candidate, even though they were informed by the security apparatus, I think there's a there is a desire for Canadians to know what the reasoning behind that number one uh, was. But I find it very interesting that some of this information is also leaking out now. That's sort of to a certain degree says the security apparatus in our country does not trust political parties, or that there's been a frustration that the message hasn't been taken very seriously. We've seen I think other countries move, I think more rigorously on some of these questions regarding China than Canada has. Australia has one of the notable examples from Australia that I think is being looked at very carefully in Canada now is a foreign agents registry Mm -hmm. that Australia has put in place that Canada has yet to put in place. In the U.S., of course, you've seen much more strong actions with regard to uh, Chinese companies and the relationship between American companies and Chinese companies and what's allowed as far as exports and sanctions and all the rest. Uh, I, I think in Canada, there's been there's been a, a reluctance by the current government to do those things. I'm, I'm not sure we have a good explanation for why. There's some economic reliance on Canada, uh, on China from Canada. Not a great deal, but there is some of that. There are industries. The, the timber industry here, for example, exports uh, to China. We, of course, have mining exports that go to China. All of those, those are important. Um, but Canada, I think, has been reluctant to follow some of these very strong steps that have been taken some, by other countries. And, you know, is that going to last? I, I don't know. I mean, certainly some of these uh, things that are coming to, to, to the surface, I think, are helping to change how people are understanding um, uh, how they perceive what China's intentions are in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do, this conversation that you and I are having, that we're having broadly in this country, do you think finally it, it will get us to that point? Because here's a very good point. We had the issues of two Michaels. Uh, we've had the, the, the balloon incident. We've had research uh, that uh, scientists from China are conducting in our universities here. We've had the broader conversation of Huawei's involvement with telecom. Do you think we're getting to that place to have a, a robust China strategy that, that perhaps may mimic what Australia did? Well, um, I think we've now banned TikTok from federal government devices, mm-hmm. so that should just about do it, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, I love the provincial government. They sent it after the announcement from the federal government. They, that evening, they sent out a tweet saying, oh, we're going to be doing the same thing because of recent events. I go, where the heck have we been the last Yeah, I mean, two years. Had individual states in the U.S. that have been ahead on this. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Canadian public opinion has been there for a long time. You mm-hmm. look at the Asia-Pacific Foundation poll from 2020 already, and this was sort of uh, in, in the Lee of the Michaels um, and the opening act of the pandemic and all these other things. And, and the favorability attitudes toward China were down at like 13%, like really, really low. Um, and so I think, you know, so, some of the, the Canadian public sentiment toward China ha- has, has already sort of turned quite considerably over the last number of years. We have not seen that 
um, sort of that radical reshaping of Canadian policy on the federal stage. I, I don't know how long that can last. I mean, you know, we did not see a really material change from Ottawa, even after everything that took place with the two Michaels, even after this this very vivid example of of the willingness of a foreign counterparty to take prisoners to advance its political agenda. And so what will it take? I, I, I don't know. And what is a reasonable um, sort of attitude? You know, I, none of those things are clear. But uh, but but I think if you if you look to at some of the broader events, you you, you look now at, at this today, um, China kind of throwing in with Belarusia, in addition to the partnership it's had with Russia. Um, you know, on, in, in the context uh, of a war in which Canada has been a very very strong supporter of Ukraine. You know, I, I, at what point? Do do these these sort of fault lines turn into fractures? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, and and it's it, and it uh, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. Thanks uh, to to your newspaper and your work as well. Thank you for your time. Look forward to having you on again. Thank you.